I V M I V M Hey everyone this is your daily dose of everything that's happening in the world of NBA I am Monish and joining me as he does always is Nishant and you're listening to The Airball Diaries Less than a day after the top seed in the West lost their spot, the Brooklyn Nets walked into Chicago and took the top top seed in the East as well. The Bulls versus the Nets that was built up to be the top the clash of the top two, and it was looking like one until the third quarter, where it was seventy one all, and then the Brooklyn Nets just went on a tear, thirty eight eight run, and they just put the game beyond uh, competition. Kevin Durant was amazing, uh, which is why he is probably one of the best players in the league. He showed it time and again, and once again yesterday. but on today's episode i want to talk about the trades uh, the trade deadline is just less than a month away ben simmons is still without a home or a team that really wants him sabonis is still in indiana nobody knows what he's doing there dame lillard is still in portland and now in the hospital room as well but just just less than less than a month if they want to get traded to another team uh, let's see what's happening with the trades that happened earlier in the season and let's rate them if they were a fail if they were a hit if there was a bust if that was a disaster move uh let's get going whether you're an established sports person or a budding one or simply a sports enthusiast join us tanvi and shlok we are two passionate pro badminton players talking policy mindset and everything sport so tune in to the millennial athlete every monday only on the ivm podcast network trust us it's going to be lit i'll start with one of the interesting trades that happened and i'll I'll move the Westbrook discussion to a little later on because I know that we'll have tons to talk about there. But let's start off with one of the more interesting trades: uh, the Grizzlies uh, trade. The Grizzlies got in Stephen Adams for Valanciunas. Yeah. Uh, let's see how the, who all they gave off. Right? They gave off Stephen Adams. They gave away Eric Bledsoe, and they gave away Zaire Williams. Eric Bledsoe had come to them from somewhere else. Uh, let me do that again. One second. I told the other way around. The Pelicans gave away yeah, all of these guys. Yeah. The Grizzlies got in Stephen Adams, they got in Eric Bledsoe, and they got in Zaire Williams through a draft pick, and they lost Valanciunas and they lost Devonte Graham. So it's basically Stephen Adams and Bledsoe for Valanciunas and Devonte Graham. The Grizzlies again traded Bledsoe to uh, the Clippers for Pat Bev and uh, Rondo, I think, and Rondo went circle the whole, did the whole circle, and went to the Lakers. Now he's at the Hawks. Uh, Pat Bev, they flipped that for Jared Culver with the Minnesota Timberwolves. So the Grizzlies been doing a little bit of trading. It's like playing Pokemon cards. Uh, but yeah. in the end their eventual result was that they had steven adams and they lost valanciunas and devonte graham um if you look at the box scores only and uh, how these guys have been performing i think valanciunas has been amazing he's averaging around 18 points 12 rebounds 43% from 3 and all of that he went off in the game against the clippers scoring seven three pointers eight three yeah. pointers yeah. something like that devonte graham hit that 60 foot buzzer beater he's been real he's been okay he's on the decline 14 points not too much averaging compare that to steven adams well he's averaging around 7 points 9 rebounds and what not uh but would you really think of this trade as something that worked for the pelicans and did not work for the grizzlies i do not think so i think steven adams has been amazing for uh, the grizzlies he was brought in to do a certain job and he's been doing that to perfection i don't think valanciunas was the guy that grizzlies wanted Do you agree with that? I mean, even though the box scores might not suggest, even though the stats might not show that, Stephen Adams is a better fit in this Grizzlies unit than Valanciunas. I think it's easy to conclude that given their results, 
but um, yeah welcome to my lunch break by the way uh, <laughs> but um, i think what if you had valentinus in this team because i don't mm-hmm. think it's just that one thing that changed right everyone has stepped up this season compared mm-hmm. to last season and they're all boring out and so this is a phenomenal side now at least in the last 20 games what you've seen if i drop valentinus into this team does it diminish the team i don't think so mhm i really well, so. would you get that defensive hustle that you would get from steven adams they are the best offensive rebounding team in the league for a reason steven adams averages almost 10 rebounds in a, in the game and he sets those crazy screens for jamorant and desmond bain he's been flipping the ball out to desmond bain on the corner multiple times this season he's averaging almost 4 5 assists a game is valentinus that guy valentinus is more of a shooter right and he can go off from 3 is not really that passer that you want in this team and probably he was not a better fit so the number of things that steven adams does correlates with the grizzlies playing well i don't think it has a very big cause and effect um factor to it i think mm-hmm. um okay let's take one one step back and and say my assumption is when the grizzlies put together a team plan and an offense and a scheme around their offense um i don't think it was centered around steven adams by a long shot he is not their number 2 not their number 3 option as far as building the offense goes so, so the offense is built mm-hmm. and then i say okay what role do we uh, require each person to play uh, what role do we have and who's the best person to play right so so that's why they got in steven adams and um and they said okay he can set great screens he has some play making ability so he can find the open um, three shooter uh, and <clears throat> and he can grab a bunch of rebounds right Mm-hmm. I value the rebounds. I do, but if I take those away, if I bring in Valanciunas and provide some sort of ability to stretch the floor, mm-hmm. okay, and I combine it with this fully functional Grizzlies unit that can mm-hmm. hurt you in more ways than one, and now I give you offensive spacing and a guy that can legit shoot the three, uh, can stretch the floor. Won't it be a plus for this team that is actually excellent at inside scoring? and they give, they get themselves a the result outside threat so i'm saying it's they've benefited maybe but it's not one of those trades where um the fortune of the franchise changed uh, changed it's, it's first of all it's a role player it's an outside role player i think the team overall stepped up i think the strategy shifted i think the younger players became more involved more engaged and frankly more skillful and and that's really what made the difference I, i'm okay put takes even adams output valanciunas and chunas back in i couldn't care less and if that means you also uh, keep um, devonte mm-hmm. he'd he'd be a useful guy off the bench off the bench devonte grams probably give him two years he's probably a six man of the year contender i really like him off the for me mm-hmm. is as good if not better than jordan clarkson okay okay <clears throat> so, so so i don't know you... i think it's a neither here nor there trade i think the team's okay. doing well so it's easy to um it's like Uh, Jordan was so right to punch Steve Kerr because look what it did it led to a championship <laughs> no no <laughs> you can't tell me that punch is what got them the championship or that it can't be done without punching a teammate well, right, a good so outcome the, doesn't make everything okay right so, so neither a fail nor a hit for yeah, the okay. uh, for so the Grizzlies yeah. for the Pelicans though i mean Valanciunas has been great i think yeah. uh, they got a good deal it's more like okay i mean he's better than Steven Adams at least for the Pelicans in that sure. unit Sure. Devonte Graham has been doing well. Uh, so yeah. you could say okay it worked out in favor of the Pelicans more Probably than a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. But the Pelicans really screwed up the trade uh, <laughs> trade deadline and trade uh, sorry the trade window, right? Uh, yeah. They gave away Lonzo Ball who's averaging 13 points, 5 points, uh, 5 rebounds and 5 assists a game at 43% from 3 yeah. for Satoransky who started 3 games 
and Garrett Temple, who started 12 games and averaging six points. That was a trade that they really screwed up. I I I don't see any way where Satoransky or Garrett Temple, even if this not this year, go on and become great players. I don't think yeah, so. They just not. missed yeah. out on Lonzo. They could have had a great team with Lonzo, Zion Williamson coming back probably sometime, Ingram, Valanciunas. That would have been a really good unit. I so it wasn't a trade. I think where um, they were really consciously trading away Lonzo for some value in return. I think it was quite simply they knew that Lonzo would be uh, uh, due for a big contract. Mm-hmm. They just didn't value him as much to give him that big contract, and so they said, "Why lose him for nothing? Let's try and get some value in return." So it was a first-hand trade, kind of like what the 76ers would have to do with Simmons if they trade him right now. Like mm-hmm. it's a compromise trade. You try and get what you can for it, but you know you're not going to get fair value. Um, I think where they lost the trade is not what they got in return. Where they lost the trade is in them failing to see Lonzo's value because right. everyone else around the league and the world saw it. They exactly. knew he could turn into a great spot-up shooter. This happened last season. Forget what he's yep. doing at Chicago. Yep. Last season, he just over uh, over the course of an off-season suddenly became a set-shot shooter at above forty percent. Set right. threes above forty percent, right? Uh, off the dribble, maybe not so much, but set threes above forty yeah. percent. And you will get enough set threes when you got Ingram driving in, when you got Zion under the rim, and all of that happening. Um, they failed to spot that, and that's where they lost the trade. It doesn't matter whether they got Saturansky or you or me or Jared Dudley. It really doesn't matter. I think where they screwed up was they couldn't keep Lonzo, and from there on, it's downhill unless you get a DeRozan or something in exchange. Mm-hmm. The team that got DeRozan though, the Bulls. They really hit the jackpot Ooh. in the season's trade, I would say. And the winners, clearly, they got in DeRozan, they got in Lonzo Ball. DeRozan's averaging 26 points a game, 5 rebounds, 5 assists. For Tad Young and 3 picks. <laughs> Tad Young doesn't even start at San Antonio Spurs. 3 picks, uh, they'll mature sometime in the future. We'll see where that leads them to. But I think Bulls, clear winner uh, this trade season. Yeah, overall, uh, overall for sure. And you could probably stretch it all the way back to uh, mid-season, last season when they got Vucevic. That's what, yeah, mm-hmm. that's what set the ball rolling. There were two major moves back then, right? Vucevic went to the Bulls and it was basically the dismantling of the Orlando Magic. Vucevic right. went to the Bulls and, and Gordon went to the Nuggets. Denver Nuggets. Mm-hmm. That is one of the most underwhelming trades I can think of in the last four to five years. True. Uh, Aaron Gordon, first season, nothing special. Second season, slightly better, but he's not really making any miracles happen there. And this guy was supposed to be an above-average uh, player. Uh, right. He's just another role guy. He's like he, probably lesser than Kuz is at Wizards uh, at this point, <laughs> which is uh, incredibly surprising. Um, yeah, for sure. I think uh, you think Bulls by far. I think won the uh, the whole trade battle because for me, if you're saying a team won won the trade window or a couple of windows put together, it's um, what's the delta in the team's fortunes? Where were they before these trades and where are they now? And mm-hmm. by far, I think the biggest jump was made by the uh, by, by the Bulls, not just in rankings, but also in play style and the number of wins they seem to be racking up. And just the eye test of, of whether or not you think they'll be up for it in the playoffs. Uh, they're mm-hmm. untested, but I think they're, they're good for a, a series win at the very least, if not more in the East this season. Of course. I think the thing that surprised me the most about the Bulls was the defense. Like We knew that this offense was going to be great with Lonzo and Levine and DeRozan together. I think the defense has been really surprising for me. I think DeRozan has been good, oh, better than expected. I wasn't surprised at all. I, like like I've mentioned a bunch of times, right? big fan of DeRozan and Lonzo. 
Caruso, I didn't know if he would be this good, but yeah, Lonzo and Rosen. Lonzo has been amazing as well. Lavine, yeah. he puts in the effort. He's not the best of defenders, but he puts in the effort, and that's all you need when you're a top team. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. You have the rest right. of the team doing the job for you. You all you need to do is come in there, put in the effort, show up. And I think Lavine is a good uh, Lavine is yeah, a good yeah. player for that. Yeah, but very impressive. The, just the whole team, the way they came together, and and so quickly too. Normally with these many drastic changes. and none of them is really a durant lebron type that right. will come in and just change fortunes um it, it's very impressive how quickly they put it all together and started making it work and, and to the point where they now look like a a cohesive unit that's been playing together for three or four seasons exactly and when we started the season and we made our picks we said that the bulls would probably finish fourth fifth they'll definitely be in the playoffs yeah but we never saw them being on top of the eastern conference at this no. point right that yeah. that is the most amazing part because the eastern conference is loaded this year unlike the west usually they are above they were at least until yesterday above the brooklyn nets milwaukee bucks miami heat these were the teams that were supposed to be top 3 philadelphia yeah. even yeah. Yeah. the bulls have really leapfrogged all of these teams that's that was amazing yeah but well, i tell you what though the east uh, the more we see of it mm-hmm. is loaded on paper mm-hmm. i don't know if it really is that loaded because with all the injuries that are going around in the west mm-hmm. it's still for me a more competitive league in terms of how deep the conference mm-hmm. goes Um, mm-hmm. Then the East, because Philly is a big name, but without Simmons, I don't know that this is going nowhere. They're running in circles, and Embiid's had a shit run of a few games, like single-digit scoring, mm-hmm. uh, whatever, and and they're out of uh, immediate contention at least. Then you look at the Hawks; they have all of those names, conference yeah. finalists. What are they up yep. to? Nothing. Um, <laughs> you look at the Wizards; they're playing okay. uh but it wasn't really a, a team we looked at and said this is one of the teams that makes the east great so, right. so screw them you've got miami who honestly are sitting there cuz everyone else is not sitting wherever they're sitting mm-hmm. it's as simple as that celtics mm-hmm. suck love mm-hmm. their team love their young players they suck relative to their talent it's a joke where True. they sit um the nets are a diminished nets they could top the league for all i care without kyrie it's going to be a nightmare or they have this new provision where they pay a bunch of fines any place I don't think that'll happen though. It's yeah, a possibility, yeah. but I don't think they'll happen. <laughs> yeah. So, so really, the East is what right now. It's it's the Bulls, it's the Bucks, and okay, a, a slightly diminished Nets, and Nets. that's it. I just don't see any other team worth considering in the playoffs. So, so I don't know. I think the East has also been a little underwhelming. I think we started off the season with a lot of excitement. We were looking at the East and saying, "Wow, so many teams, so much talent." a lot of great players moved from from the other conference here and blah 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 you look at this. i think where the excitement lies in the east is if you exclude the bottom two teams right that is if you exclude yeah. orlando and detroit i think all the 13 other teams are competitive and can give you a run for their money unfortunately indiana pacers have not been doing that yeah. unfortunately yeah. the knicks have not been doing yeah, that yeah that's what i mean they're great on paper but the results just just don't match up celtics pacers knicks none of them play yep. uh, the way you would expect them to play I'll give you this though. It is an exciting conference to watch because it's a lot of fun to watch. But it's not. It's fun like college basketball is fun. It's not mm-hmm. high caliber. <laughs> we'll sweep the NBA level basketball. Right, where right. look at you uh, won't get a Warriors and uh, yeah, Suns exactly. matchup in the East. Exactly my point. And you could get a Hornets versus Cavs, and it'd be mad as hell to watch. It's so much True. fun. But again, it still feels like a very a sort of higher level NCAA game rather than a pro level NBA game when these guys square up. True. I mean, could take yesterday's example, right? I mean, I never saw the Warriors and the Suns win by thirty points. I mean, I know that the Nets did not win by thirty, but they could have as well. Yeah. Uh, it's just because uh, all the big three decided to sit down in the last few minutes that the Bulls kind of made the score look respectable, but it was not. 
Yeah, although you could look at the Clippers back to back, they'll win one game by twenty three, drop the next one by twenty four, <laughs> then win one by twenty six, drop by twenty eight. Just you look Absolutely. at their their win loss graph, uh, <laughs> like laid out left to right. It's ridiculous. Skyscrapers both sides of the of the axis. Hey everybody! It's been another great week on the IVM Podcast Network. On Cyrus says writer director Subban Verma tells Cyrus what it was like co-directing season two of The Family Man. In their new miniseries Ek Sawal Kahi Jawab, the Puliyabazi hosts ask how much should the government's tax income be? What's life like in your forties? Actor Sikandar Kher talks to Ritasha and Ayushi on Agla Station Adulthood. On all things policy, the Takshashila folks shed light on a probable global treaty for pandemic management. And I'll say no to drama. Chetna explains how to give up on the stress of not finding solutions to our problems right away. Do follow us on social media. We're IBM Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And remember, if you're enjoying this show or any of our other shows for that matter, please do tell a friend. We really do appreciate the word of mouth. Also, don't forget to rate us on any of the platforms that you're listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever it is. And we are also on YouTube. On YouTube, you can check out our various channels on ivmpodcast.com/youtube. And finally, we'd like to thank our sponsors this week: Bank of Baroda and CoinSwitch Kuber. Thank you for making this possible. Since we spoke about the DeRozan trade, it kind of brings me mm-hmm. to San Antonio Spurs, who we really did not trade at all at the start of the season because they were in a rebuilding phase. They they gave away DeRozan, they gave away Rudy Gay, they gave away Patty Mills, and they looked like they were rebuilding the whole roster. But they've done extremely well to stay in contention for the playing spot, right? I mean, they're in the ninth, they're in the tenth spot. Uh, they added Doug McDermott, they added uh, Bryn Forbes, Thad Young, who doesn't get to play anyways. But uh, the the starting lineup has really stepped up for them. Dejounte yeah. Murray has been a revelation. Derek White has been great whenever he plays. Uh, Keldon Johnson is amazing. Yeah. Jacob Portal is hanging in there. I think this team, uh, despite the lack of big names, despite the lack of expectation in that unit, they've been doing really well. I mean, to sit above Portland Trailblazers, to sit, uh, to compete with the Sacramento Kings and stay there in that plane spot, I think they've been doing really well. If they make the plane, I think that's an achievement for them. Um, yeah, for sure. But I, but I think either way, they'll be okay. I think they came in expecting to not really have a very great. high impact season i think this is their learning period this is where they they bring their stars up to speed or stars to be up to speed portal and uh, dejonte and tad young even even if he's not featuring much now um uh, when they traded away derozan they traded him away for basically nothing immediately but but a yep. bunch of picks yep. and their hope is that they rebuild their franchise with with all of these picks that they have acquired plus the young core that they have To the point where either they're formidable or they've at least built enough of a young core of of talent to be well positioned for a big trade, and they can trade big because Texas taxes a lot of players would love to come um, play in San Antonio, same as Dallas, same as Houston. Uh, I think that's their big picture. So it's okay if they come to the playing games. That's great. If they don't, well, who cares? Uh, but this is year one of maybe a four-year rebuild at the very least before they start right. uh, contending again. So they're sort of in the OKC position, except. I have a little more faith in San Antonio to rebuild than OKC. I know OKC have thirty-five million picks over the next two years, but uh, I I don't know how well they'll draft and develop. And and no, don't tell me they did it once with uh, KD, James Harden, and Russ Westbrook. I can develop mm-hmm. those three. Uh, show me, show me you can develop, <laughs> find value deep in the draft. Show me your Warriors that you that can find value anywhere in the draft. Then we'll talk. And I think Spurs can do that as an org. I think they're up there. 
Okay. Uh, talk about Spurs. We'll let, uh, let's just shift to Patty Mills and the Brooklyn Nets. You think Bra- uh, Brooklyn Nets had a good trade window because they added Patty Mills, they added Aldridge, they added Millsap, who are all role players. They did not need to add to the starting lineup, yeah. but they needed to add to the bench, which they found yeah. was lacking last season, especially in the playoff series against Milwaukee. Right? They didn't have anyone outside of Harden and Durant to do the scoring. Yeah. So they added the scorers and <clears> Patty Mills. <throat> he got back uh, Lamarcus Aldridge, which was lucky yeah. by the way after he retired. Sure. Paul Millsap from Denver Nuggets. Uh, they kind of gave away Jeff Green, who was really good, uh, who was really underrated, I would say, in last season's playoffs. Uh, they gave away Chris Chioza, who didn't really do much. Shamit, who went to Phoenix Suns. Yeah. Uh, Luavu Cabrera, who went to the Hawks. And they gave away a bunch of players who were not really getting playing time at the Brooklyn Nets. But the addition of Mills, I think, was really good. And he's kind of showing why he's a good addition as a sixth man for Brooklyn Nets. They let Dinwiddie go, though. Um, yeah. But, didn't want to extend uh, yeah. or renew his contract, rather. Yeah, but given what, and, and I thought that'd be a big miss on their mm. part. Um, having already let go of a good chunk of their future for Kyrie. Um, uh, having Levert, I thought was a big, uh, big miss on their part. I thought Jared Allen, they could use somebody like him in their interior. But um, Paddy Mills, the way he's been playing, and given the way Dinwiddie has not really been lighting it up in Washington, he's been okay. He's being a squad player there. I think I think they did okay. They did okay in the trade window, and they're the the biggest reason why they're at all vulnerable is is Kyrie and his anti-vax uh, right. hero, heroics, but uh, theatrics, let me just say. But but other than that, I think they did okay for themselves. I am Aldridge. Uh, don't know if he's really going to add anything for them because they got Aldridge. I mean, if it's for regular season stability, yeah, okay, he'll come off the bench. He'll give you a few minutes, but. They've been uh, finding value in these veteran players, right? I mean, Paddy Mills is one example. They did that with Blake Griffin last season and Jeff Green last season. And now they kind of added... Uh, Aldridge yeah. is averaging actually 13 points a game. Uh, gets you those points when KD is sitting out or Harden sitting out. He kind does of all of those score. things. There's no denying mm-hmm. it. My my problem here, and it's the same with Jeff Green and, and Blake Griffin last year, is when push comes to shove in the playoffs, this team will get through the regular season no matter what you do when you have two superstars of that caliber. Fit. Uh, They're breezing. But in the playoffs, uh, I don't think Blake Griffin and Jeff Green were really such such big assets for them. Jeff Green was still okay defensively, but um, uh, didn't really get them over the hump. Blake Griffin had more shot against Giannis. Um, and then now you look at Aldridge. He just doesn't have the legs anymore to to keep up defensively. He can add a few points off the bench, but he can't keep up defensively. Paddy Mills, okay, agreed. He will give them a good fillip off the bench, or or even if he if they choose to start him in a few games, um, some sharing of the scoring load with the superstars. Agreed. Right. Uh, agreed. But I still don't see enough meat there to to overcome a high caliber contender in the playoffs. Unless, again, KD and Harden play 38-40 minutes a night and they do what they do, then they can get over the hump, but it's going to be taxing over the course of the season. So it's interesting that they're very, um, they're interestingly poised uh, with not a lot of depth, kind of like the Lakers in the bubble, but the Lakers had a bunch of squad players that were at least younger and had the legs to, to you know, pull through. That's That's where I'm not, that's where I'm kind of skeptical about the Nets. So, so okay, okay about, window, but nothing miraculous, basically. Okay, okay. Since you spoke about Dinwiddie, let's move to the big trade that we wanted to talk about with the Wizards. <laughs> uh, first of all, guess how many teams were involved in the Russ Westbrook trade? And I just got to know this yesterday when I was reading through uh, who were the actual guys who went out and came in. 
Uh, yeah. Guess how many teams are involved in this Rasvesburg yeah, ஹாரல் கைல் குஸ்மா ஸ்பென்சர் டென்விடி ஈவன் மூவிங் டு த வாஷிங்டன் விசர்ட்ஸ் அலாங் வித் ஆரன் ஹாலிடே ஹூ டசன்ட் ரியலி கெட் டு பிளே அலாட் நவ் ராஸ் வெஸ்ட்ரூக் ஃபார் தீஸ் ஃபோர் ஹூ இஸ் ஒன் தட் ட்ரேட் ஐ வில் டெல் யூ நோ படி அபவுட் தி லேக்கர்ஸ் லாஸ் தட் ட்ரேட் ஓகே நவ் இஃப் பை அண்ட் அண்ட் திஸ் இஸ் அ பெர்ஃபெக்ட்லி ஓகே ஸ்டேட்மென்ட் டு மேக் because it is in a binary situation it just because the lakers lost doesn't mean the wizards won Mm-hmm. A trade is entirely possible where both teams lose at the end of that trade. It's entirely possible. So it's not really a one guy loses, therefore the other guy wins situation, right? I don't think the Wizards won shit. I think the Lakers uh, absolutely lost this trade. Um, mm-hmm. And I'll tell you why they lost it. It's not credible loss. It's, it's not uh, like real loss. It's opportunity loss. They could have done a whole lot more with these pieces. They could have gotten better value. They could have spread it around to upgrade. way better than what they did by bringing in Russ Westbrook and that's where they lost the trade um it's not that if you reverse this trade and the lakers retained harrell kuzma and mm-hmm. and kcp that be just oh lighting up the west and chaserina would be shivering no no none of that but they could have gotten a whole lot more with this right because let's not forget it was legit on the cards at one point that the lakers would get buddy healed would get but not for and they would not have lost all of these guys yeah exactly a lot of these were free agent moves right lauri right. um derozan and buddy hill buddy hill would have required a trade but not this kind of uh trade where you give up half the half the house uh, and they could have brought in lauri and and derozan lauri solves their point guard issues derozan solves a whole host of issues including mm-hmm. scoring when lebron and ad are both sitting on their bums um and both of these guys can defend their socks off and they've done it together mm-hmm. it's not like they're really into playing with each other and then you got healed shooting threes from outside now the argument is healed his shooting went down a bit like malik monk has been a better shooter this season than healed great but they would have got malik monk anyway yeah they would have picked up yep. malik monk anyway and if they had healed maybe they wouldn't go after somebody like a carmelo so much who while he gets you the threes alone i don't think russ westbrook counts if you look at stats alone without watching the game it looks yeah. like russ westbrook is averaging 19 points 8 rebounds 8 assists you would be like wow what a blockbuster of a trade and yeah, until you see the no. extended stats yeah. and you see that he's shooting 44% uh, from the uh, from the field and he's shooting 30% from 3 in fact below 30 29 yeah. point something yeah. Yeah. 65% from the uh, free throw line yeah. and then you see the 4. turnovers 5 right? turnovers just... 1.3 uh, win shares yeah. uh, the defensive rating is 110 when i mean they concede 110 yeah, yeah, yeah. on the court per 100 position and the offensive rating is 100 for the same number of positions As that means you're an effective minus 10 minus 10 yeah I'm like um yeah but that's what I'm saying if they had if they hadn't done all this right if they got him healed um, don't tell me healed would shoot the same crap in LA where he would be motivated versus in Sacramento where he knows he's going mm-hmm. nowhere first yep um two if you have healed why the hell would you need to go get Carmelo you only yeah. brought in Carmelo because he's a 3 and D guy except there's no D you, he's basically a 3 guy for absolute liability on defense which limits how much you can use him healed mm-hmm. is not that bad he'll give you effort he's decent and he shoots threes and if nothing else better than carmelo um yep. so the lakers could have really stepped up instead of all of this they went for nah i want that branded product 
And I don't want to take risks here. I don't. I want that branded product. Except that brand itself is such a big risk. They got this one-man show where he doesn't. I don't know, man. I just so pissed off with the Westbrook trade. Lakers absolutely lost it. Wizards gained nothing. At least when Westbrook was there, they could suck all season. And I repeat, Bradley Beal is just not that guy. They could suck all season, and then Westbrook could just go crazy, not give the ball to anyone, and somehow pull them through to the play-in games or maybe even the playoffs where they'll suck. Which he did last season. Exactly. Versus now, what are they doing exactly? I know they have Harrell. I know they have Kuz, KCP. Well, uh, their achievement for the season would be that they were on top of the Eastern Conference for a week. Yeah, yeah, great job. Less than a week, in fact. Phenomenal, (laughs) unbelievable. Yeah, nation's capital signing. (laughs) <laughs> that bubble has burst. I mean, they've just yeah. gone on a down, uh, downhill ride and they've been like 8th now, ninth now. In a few weeks, I think they'll be out of the playing spot as well. The Celtics will catch up. The Hawks will catch up, uh, hopefully. That's KCP Coos and Bradley Bill. What do you think would happen? <laughs> <laughs> so, a bust-bust move. This is a no-win situation. But I think <laughs> the Wizards bust, are in a better-off position than they were with Westbrook, I would say. At least for the future. They can flip these pieces for someone else. Could have flipped Westbrook for someone else. No one's except that. Yeah, that. exactly. Yeah, that was a big call. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Yeah, you can probably take that too. Because Kuz has found value now, and he's averaging twenty what points. If, and what if they never traded for Westbrook? Right? They'd they'd be stuck with that John, John Wall. So they weren't. They wouldn't be any better. <laughs> so they found a way to fuck up two years by taking on two <laughs> shit contracts that nobody in the league was willing to take on, and yep. yet somehow found buyers for those two contracts. Yep. Okay, yep. maybe the Wizards won. <laughs> <laughs> on that note i will call it uh yeah. the end of our episode this was trading the grades uh, yeah. or grading the trade, grades but good grades i'm not doing anything <laughs> whatever you call it and before i lose any more uh, that's all on today's episode uh right. i'll see you tomorrow all right man Cheers. hey if you enjoyed this podcast don't forget to check out our other interesting podcasts on the ivm network you can listen to us on the ivm podcast app ivmpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts You can also follow us on our social media. We're at IVM Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to reach out to us, and you know you do, you know you want to reach out to us and tell us that our opinions on your favorite players are trash. You want to tell us Magic Johnson is still better than Steph Curry and you don't think Steph Curry has changed the game. For all that and more, reach out to us on both Instagram and Twitter. If you love cricket, listen up. The Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast is here for you. Hosted by DJ, Varun, and me, Ashwin, we bring a fun, fresh fan's point of view to talking all things cricket. Sometimes it's just the three of us, sometimes we have guests, including current and former international cricketers. For new episodes every week, check out the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast on the IVM app, website, or wherever you get your podcasts. Working Monday to Friday glued to your chair making you feel dull? Worry not. Get your five-minute weekly dose of travel around the world with postcards from nowhere. Join me every Thursday as I explore the strange, obscure, and fascinating parts of the world and bring out facets of travel you may not have thought of before. You can find us on the IBM Podcast app, website, or wherever you get your podcast from.